This is not the most wonderful time of the year after all. Blood pressure and depression increase around Christmas time and Hanukkah, as well as social pressure and often unreasonable expectations to participate in the culture of consumption that has become the Christmas as we know it. Good evening and welcome to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, the show where we educate men and women about sexual health how it relates to overall health, making relationships the best they can be. I am Maureen. I am your host of the show. I'm a registered nurse, a sex therapist, and in private practice at Crossroads Clinic here in Vancouver. I also have my package for you, a few more my packages for you. That's the underwear that I've been giving out to make your... Your man, or you as the man, look as hot as hot can be. You will never look sexier than when you are wearing my package. You think I was doing advertising. I'm not. I've just been given a whole whole bunch, and I want to give them to you because I'm a giver. Anyway, all I have left is extra large and small. So um, if you like it tight, you can get the smalls. Anyway, if you're a big guy or you just love a big guy and who says size doesn't matter, not me. You want him to appear sexier than ever? You need my package, so give me a call. The lines are open, and the number to call to win this last-minute Christmas package is 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell, just in case you're just looking for that one last gift to stuff the stocking with. Uh, you can also email me at sextalk at cknw anytime. Oh, sextalk at cknw.com. I have a few emails that I actually didn't read last week that I meant to. And uh, a couple more. So I'll read those a little bit later in the show. It's busy, huh? I've been busy. It's uh, that holiday season. It's uh, it's just crazy busy. I know what you're thinking. I haven't been busy. Not that way. Anyway, but uh, there's been so many parties, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, engagement parties. Last Yesterday alone, I had a Christmas party, engagement party, and a bat and bat mitzvah. Um, and the night before, I'd had a Christmas party as well. Um, so hence my voice that's from the caroling I've been doing as well as the screaming. Cause you have to scream at these, at these parties to talk to anybody. Cause the music is so loud and there's so many people there and it's, it's fantastic anyway, but I tend to lose my voice. Um, and I've certainly lost my voice, but, uh, not enough that I couldn't come to you tonight. Um, and so here I am. Uh, I was at this party last night. Anyway, I didn't get home till about 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning. I'll tell you why later. Social media is wonderful for sharing photos of um, uh, parties and presents waiting to be open and the perfect tree. Um, unless Christmas has had negative associations for you, then then social media becomes a new portal into a personal hell for a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people have sworn off Facebook this year until the new year because everyone else's apparent holiday joy was making them feel worse during this complicated and emotionally fraught time of year. Anyway, I've got a couple of callers on the line. I wonder what they're calling about. Hello, Ben. Hello, Ben. Yep. Hey, Ben. Yeah, Ben from Surrey, right. How are you? Ben from I, Surrey, I, right. I, I listen to your show every Sunday night. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I was also the one that phoned in that one Sunday correcting you on your host job. Oh, that's you. Have you noticed I've made the change? I take good advice. <laughs> <laughs> I host the CK. You look like of... a pretty funny host, or you look, you look more like a hostess. <laughs> I know, but I host the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, and I, <laughs> I consciously do that every week. Thanks to you, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
Did you want to win some underwear, Ben? Ah, uh, sure, why not? Okay, what the heck? Small or extra large? Small. Small. Okay, wonderful. We'll leave it here. You can leave your information here with the fabulous Luke Pigeon, who is the tech producer. Okay, thanks for the call, and thanks for listening, Ben. Hello, Janet. Oh, hello, Janet. Hi, how are you? From Maple Ridge. I'm well, thanks, Janet. How are you? I'm great, and I just wanted to say that I am going to be receiving a pair of your underwear, and thank you so much, and I'm a first-time listener, and I'll be listening again every Sunday. Oh, that's... I'm excited that I heard that you were on the air, so... Oh, thank you so much. That's so okay. nice of you. Have a happy okay. holiday. You too. All right, thanks so Bye-bye. much. And I have Jeff from Vancouver on the line. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. How are you? Very well, thanks. Oh, that's good. You've been going to a lot of parties lately? Ah, small get-togethers. Oh, that's nice. All the parties I've been to have been large and busy and wild and lots of music. (laughs) So are you looking to win my package? I'd love to. Okay, great. You got them then. (laughs) First come, first served. Thank you, thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Have a lovely holiday and thanks for the call. Same to you. Thanks for listening. Thank you very much. Okay, so yeah, I think that's... uh, I may or may not do it. I keep finding all this underwear popping out from all aspects of my life. Anyway, um, so, yeah, I was talking about social media and uh, how, you know, Christmas is so perfect or people uh, want you to think that Christmas is so perfect for them. And and it's not necessarily the case. I'm going to tell you a little story a bit later about uh, a tough divorce situation and, and angry feelings and unresolved conflict and how that can impact the children. I did want to tell you why my voice is the way that it is. And uh, Luke Pigeon is going to help me with this because uh, so I was at a party. I started out about eight o'clock in the morning out to Richmond for the bar and bots mitzvah twins. And uh, and then I can't even remember what I oh it went to like one o'clock or something. And then. I had some errands to run in the afternoon, then a party, and then uh, the Christmas party, and I was all ready to go at 2 a.m., and all of a sudden they played this song. <laughs> Baby, I can't tell you this manga, it's getting stronger. So the coat comes off. <laughs> The coat comes off, and I'm back into the party, dancing away. And I think I'll just finish out this song. It's great. I love the song. And then what happens next, Luke? The next song that comes on is this one. <laughs> and, and then thunder. Can you hear, can you hear the thunder? You better run. You better take cover. A little off-key tonight, but anyway, nonetheless, so I probably got home about 2.30 or quarter to 3. I had to get up at 6. I worked all day, and uh, and then I'm here with you tonight. Anyway, but uh, I always enjoy coming here to you on Sunday nights to talk about sex and educate about sex. I think a lot of people are interested in it. I'm certainly interested in it. I'm learning all the time. You can call me with any questions at 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. If you like, if you have a question about your relationship or, you know, uh, how anything at all, anything health-related, or I'll try and answer you, but I'm, I'm really good at the sex part. Uh, that's my forte, shall I say. How about those Dalhousie dentists, huh? About 200 people protested today at Dalhousie University in Halifax to demand action over the misogynistic Facebook comments by some men in the Faculty of Dentistry. Uh, there were protesters, and they were very upset that these dentists, who allegedly have done this, 
Uh, I'm no lawyer, but I do know that I have to say alleged. Um, they allegedly or alleged um, they would like this, these future dentists to be expelled by Dalhousie rather than opt for the restorative justice process as Dalhousie has done. That's what they've gone for. So that's where the victims will be speaking with, sitting down with those uh, dubious dentists or future dentists and uh, processing what had what has happened, which I, I'm the jury's out on that one for me because I think validation is key in terms of any uh, time there are uh, victims like this involved where there are, are you know, uh, sexually explicit and, and quite honestly violent comments or, or violence against anybody. Uh, I think that validation helps, but to go and to tell somebody, oh, you were awful and to try and change their mind, I mean, I just don't think that it's actually going to happen. But, you know, it's a comforting notion to know that um, these these uh, men are going to graduate and become dentists and we're going to give them some Novocaine and chloroform and, and a chair and uh, give them female patients. Oh, sure. I want to have my uh, root canal done by then. Them? I don't think so. Anyway, I have Dorothy on the line. Uh, hello, Dorothy. Hi. How are you? Uh, fine, thank you. How are you? I'm wonderful, thank you. <laughs> I wish you Merry Christmas. Oh, thank you. Same to you. Happy New Year. Thank you. I was wondering if I could win a pair of uh, large uh, underwear. I definitely don't have any large left. I know that. I, I have extra large and and, <laughs> and oh. small. Maybe. I had three. I may have four. I'm not really sure. Oh, I'll take extra large. Okay. If I have extra, um, can you leave your information with Luke? And, uh, yes. Yes, sure. And uh, if we don't have it, we'll let you know. Okay. If I don't find Thank one in the you. trunk of my car or in my office or, you know, just flies out from nowhere and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I have more. Okay, great. <laughs> they, life gets a little busy at this time of year and we're not as organized as we might like to be. Uh, thanks, Dorothy, Dorothy, for the call. Anyway, so that's um, my little stint on uh, the Dalhousie dentist. But, you know, the other thing we have to think about is... It is, according to research, men's brains don't actually uh, develop fully until about age 47 or 80. No, um, actually around 26. So these guys are probably just borderline um, on that age. If you figure they've gone to university right out of uh, high school, which would be 18, then four years of undergrad, and then four years of dentistry. I don't know how long dentistry is. It might be three years. So they're probably 25 uh, on average, and so maybe they just don't understand that this was kind of an idiotic thing to allegedly do. Anyway, when I come back, I'm going to make a case for why should you should have mistletoe hanging in your house all year long. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. If you're just joining me, I'm Maureen McGrath. I'm the host of the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show here. I'm also a registered nurse, a sex therapist. I, I also am a nurse continence advisor. So uh, anything really between the navel and the mid-thigh and then shoot up to the brain, and I am your girl. Anyway, uh, a kiss seals two souls for a moment in time. I wish I said that, but I didn't. Lavend Waters said that. Uh, you know, it's uh, Christmas time, and it reminds me of mistletoe. And You know, we should really have mistletoe hanging in our homes all year long. Kissing lowers stress. Kissing is wonderful. It's beautiful. There are so many nerves in the lips. Uh, it releases uh, uh, cortisol. Uh, it releases oxytocin, sorry, and uh, it decreases the... I'm not even going to get upset because uh, <laughs> the kissing has been so good for me this season. 
Um, but it decreases the stress hormone cortisol and increases serotonin levels in the brain. That can help with depression, lowering it, lowers anxiety. And this can be a time of year where people are, are very anxious. Um, and it improves our mood as well. So kissing really strengthens the relationships. And people who kiss regularly live five years longer. Um, than, than those who don't. As I said to Sean Leslie this afternoon when I was on his show, so you better have, uh, you better like the guy or, or her or whatever because if you don't and you kiss and you're faking it, then you're going to have to live five years longer with somebody that you uh, are not too happy with. Anyway, um, we could also say that uh, kissing lowers blood pressure. It reduces pain because there's an anesthetic that is released in the saliva. That actually helps to reduce pain. It, it improves immunity, so people who kiss long, better and longer. No, just kiss it all. Uh, I hope it's good for you. Anyway, um, it does improve immunity, and, and you're not as sick as often. I'm not sick tonight, I want you to know. I've been singing, talking, chatting. I was at the periodontist this week, and, and uh, he had all these devices in my mouth, and, uh, and he said, you know, if you... Um, it's good because you have such a small mouth. And I had all the devices in, clamped down and everything, and I still managed to say, I have a small mouth? And he said, uh, no, I was only being sarcastic. I thought no one's ever told me I had a small mouth, literally or figuratively. Anyway, um, but it's lovely to um, kiss somebody, and it helps with intimacy. It doesn't always have to lead to the next thing, and, and a lot of women fear that, that if they that if they do kiss and they're, they're tired, they've got so much going on and it does, you know, low sexual desire is an epidemic today in women. Um, you know, I like to go back to the uh, yesteryear's advice and I love to go back to the 50s because I think I, I probably should have been one of those 50s housewives, but I'm so far from that except for the, the dress. I love what they wore and they're so feminine and they really held this power that they were completely unaware of and it was feminine, very sexy, the, the clothing and the hairdos. I mean, people got dressed up to go on planes and, and to have dinner, and I just loved that whole. And, and sex was secretive then, but there was some advice that was given, uh, and I love to look back at this advice and, uh, and see if we could apply it today in today's world. I'm sure the guys would like this, but um, one bit of advice, and it came from Mrs. Dale Carnegie, um, she said, compliment him on his physical prowess, his mental acumen, his good looks, his virility. Let him think he's king much of the time. He will love you for it, and you know it will make you feel extremely feminine. Now, a lot of women would claw my eyes out for giving that advice over the airways, but um, it may not work today because our, our culture has changed so much, and, and women are working and doing, and doing so much. But there's something to be said for that advice. Um, uh, uh, in addition to kissing, you may want to compliment him. There was also some wisdom that she gave as well about uh, keeping marital peace. Now, I'm a peacemaker, and I love peace. Uh, none of us like conflict, um, but we do have to deal with issues. And I think a great way to deal with issues is to ask, use the word curious. I'm curious why you would do such and such. It kind of lowers the defenses and people are able to answer the question more and everybody remains calm. Uh, but Mrs. Dale Carnegie gave some advice to wives, potential wives. Nagging is a devastating emotional disease, she said. If your husband should tell you that you are a nag, don't react by violent denial. That only proves he is right. 
anyway, love to uh, apply some of this, uh, some of her wisdom uh, in today's world, but I'm not sure that um, uh, that that would work really well. Um, but anyway, it was a different time, and we live in, live in a different time today. We live in a world where there's no very little reflection. I do have a, a, a small prayer I'm going to read to you at the end of the show. But little time for reflection. We're all so fast-paced and um, rushing around, and uh, the communication is lacking, and we have so many balls in the air and so much to do. And, and Christmas can just be awful for people, even regarding just the busyness of it all and not to mention the finances of it all. So give the gift of sex or a sexual fantasy. It's free and it's fun. Um, but, you know, Christmas time and the holiday season is, uh, can be, you know, lonely for people. It can be a really difficult time of year for a lot of people. They may have lost a loved one. You may have thought you lost some, a loved one and you didn't, like my patient this week and, and who said that uh, she had to go back and send out another card because she had thought her friend had died, and she hadn't. She found out she was alive. Imagine that. Um, anyway, oh, I'm, I'm alive and well. I didn't get a Christmas card this year. Um, anyway, but it's, it can be a tough time of year for people, and especially for families who have gone through divorce, perhaps. And I'm going to tell you a story shortly in a little bit. But your holiday traditions could change because you now have a blended family. No longer do we have the man, the woman, and the two children. In fact, I think that's um, an unusual um, example of uh, family today in Canada, although a lot of people would like to argue with me and certainly have argued with me. Um, people have told me that the problems in Canada related to that is what not what the family looks like anymore, but that certainly is not is not reality. We, we have a lot of shame if our lives aren't perfect or our families aren't perfect or or we're suffering an illness of somebody, or somebody has cheated, um, betrayed us uh, during the year, perhaps, that can really rear its ugly head during the holiday season. So it's, um, you know, it can be a really hard time of year uh, for people. So I hope that it's going to be a a good time for you uh, this Christmas season. Um I wanted to start to tell you a story about, uh, I have a couple minutes before we go to the break, but uh, one this particular story pulled on my heartstrings. Now, you may or may not believe this, but I actually refer a lot of people and patients to lawyers because, and, and people are afraid of that, and they're afraid of lawyers, and, and uh, I'll say, you know, they're just human beings just like you, but they're afraid of the process, and they're afraid of that somebody might think they are not perfect or that they may have done something wrong to contribute it. But, you know, I'm a, a bit of a justice seeker. And um, this particular, in this particular case, I, I sent this father to a lawyer. And we've had some great advances this, this week. And I say we, but anyway, uh, it's not me. But I'm happy for this person because I think uh, what uh, the outcome was fair even though there's still more family court that has to uh, happen. But, but, you know, for several thousand dollars, uh, there's been some progress. This couple split up, and there was uh, one, t- one child between them. 
And uh, the way the mother approached it, I thought, was really heartbreaking and not necessarily in the best interest of the child. And and the father had lost some self-esteem and, and didn't feel great about himself. And anyway, and didn't really know how to navigate this. So I, I guided him in a way. Um, and and I'm, I'm awfully glad I did because I think it's really about the kids. Uh, anyway, I when I come back, I'm going to finish that story. And um, we'll talk about how Christmas is really about the kids. Anyway, I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen. I'm your host. I'm a registered nurse, sex therapist, radio host. Um, I was telling you about a story. You know, oftentimes when couples break up, um, they ha- it's an acrimonious breakup. People are so angry. And they use their children as pawns, and I've never understood that. I have, I have a friend who uh, split up, a couple who split up, and I'm friends with both of them. And they have a young child. And I said to the father, the ex-husband, I said, you guys do it right, you know, with regard to your child. And he said, well, what's the alternative? Like, like a, there was no other option. But most people I see use their children as pawns or it's not uncommon to use your children as a pawn or to say something negative about your ex-wife or your ex-husband, the mother or the father of your child. Well, I, as I said, I, I uh, often, because I see so many patients during the week at Crossroads and, and many of them have troubles and I think that's, that's injustice and you actually should really file a claim or, you know, you need a lawyer. And, and that's with regard to workplace bullying or sexual harassment or um, I have a bank of lawyers that I refer these to. And in this particular case, it was a family um, lawyer, family court lawyer that um, was necessary, was needed, definitely needed. Because initially I told the patient to go down to the court and file the papers. First I asked him to write a letter to his ex-wife. This uh, gentleman is a reformed alcoholic. About five years ago, he stopped drinking. His child at the time was about three years of age. So he was drinking when the child was born till he was age three. And and he knew himself he was not uh, safe to be around his child, so he agreed to supervised visitation, and he had a very limited amount of that. But when the child turned about, I think, about three and a half or four, he was at the visitation center, and the little boy turned around, and he said to his father, Miss your dad. And that was this father's rock bottom. He had had, he'd lost his job, he'd lost his home, he'd lost his family, he'd lost his wife, he'd lost everything, and none of it was his rock bottom. But this little boy at the elevator saying, Miss you, Dad, was his rock bottom, and he never drank again. And he'd been sober for about five years, or four years by the time I'd met him. And so I said, why don't you write her a letter and ask her? Because neither one of them had much money at this stage. And court is expensive, and lawyers are expensive. So he wrote the letter, and he never heard a word. And then I said, well, why don't you go down and file the papers yourself? I'll help you fill them out. And um, and so he did, and he went down there, and that that was not going to work. And, and I we realized that you're going to need a lawyer. You're going to have to bite the bullet and find the money somewhere. And he found the money from his uh, a, a family member, a sister who believed in him. And a sister who saw all the work that he had done through AA, which is his choice, his way of um, becoming sober, getting to sobriety. And so his sister agreed to give him the money. And he went to court, and it was delay, delay, delay. But the sister had, um, wisely enough, had, had set a budget, 
I said, what's the outset? How much is this going to cost? What's the maximum it's going to cost? What's the process? What are we looking at here? Uh, what are the laws? You know, let's let's look at the laws. And, and we reviewed the laws together to see what the um, sentiment of the laws were. And it is to have access to both mother and father. That's the, that's really the best. It doesn't even matter if your parent is a uh, falling down drunk. The children still love them. Children will always love their parents for the most part. So went to court. It was delayed. It was delayed. It was delayed. And there were all these tactics that had gone on. And he would come back and he would tell me everything um, that uh, had happened in court and and how they wanted him to have a, a mental health assessment, which was going to cost an exorbitant amount of money, and how embarrassed he was and how frustrating. And the things that they said about him were, were just really hard to bear. And he never went back to drinking during this. He remained sober, and it was tough. You know, he was upset at times and, and even crying at times and angry at other times. And, and all he wanted was to go to his son's Christmas pageant. All he wanted was to have a phone call from his son on his birthday. All he wanted was to spend Christmas with his son for a few hours and give him Christmas presents. And he hadn't ever done that in the child's life because uh, they pretty much had split up after the baby was born or maybe you know before uh, the first year of life. And he really wanted to be involved in this little boy's life. And so um, the the thing that struck me that really pulled on my heartstrings and why I kind of went the extra mile for him was that the mother of this child uh, never had her son phone his father on Christmas or phone his father on his birthday or phone his father on Easter or any other holiday of the year. He never invited the father to his baseball games. The father was a baseball player when he was a little boy. And this little guy started playing t-ball and baseball as they do. And he was never invited to go to any of his games. And this was a real void in his life. And he also felt so much shame about um, which AA had helped him to deal with, uh, to get over the, the fact of what he had done, you know, that, that he had this disease of alcoholism, but he felt that he had done, he'd, he'd wronged his ex-wife and he'd wronged the child, and, but he just wanted to make up for it and, and be a part of this little boy's life. So anyway, this week in court, after much delay and, and, and much worry and concern, um, the, the judge seemed to see it the father's way, and he said he's been sober for four or five years now. I see no reason to do a mental uh, health exam. He does not. There's no evidence here. The, you've got allegations that he has a mental illness, and he doesn't seem to have one to me. If you want that test done, you can have that done. Uh, he said that to the the lawyer of the mother, who's fighting not to have her child see his father. I just don't get that. Um, and continuing the fight. And so he said, you'll have to pay for that mental health assessment, and that is an expensive assessment. It's about seven, six or $7,000. And they, they, she wanted to split it, and the judge said no. And the judge also said, you can call your son every night, you can go to the Christmas pageant, and you can uh, have access to his medical and his educational records. And uh, anyway, so it was uh, nice progress after seven or eight months of uh, working on that from peripherally from the sidelines. But if you think that you're doing your child any favors by keeping them away from their parent or saying negative things about their mother, your ex-wife, you're not. You're actually teaching them, uh, you know, to be 
to hold grudges and to be angry and not teaching them about forgiveness and not teaching them about the human condition. We're all human. We all make mistakes and we all have difficult times in life and uh, and we don't make the best decisions always. Um, and it's it's children can be confused and children can be upset. And the nice thing was when this uh, father went to the Christmas pageant, he said, I mean, his little boy was delighted that he was there and he, and he said, it was nighttime, and he said, Dad, but can you come out into the recess yard with me and, and sit on the swings with me? I want to show you that. He wanted to show him everything. He was so happy uh, that he was there. So anyway, it's kind of a, a great outcome to a, a tough story. But um, but I think consider this when you are uh, deciding how your holiday tradition is going to look. And think of yourself. Put yourself in your child's shoes and think, what would I want? Would I want the security, knowing both my parents are here, that they both love me? Because both of these parents certainly do. But we do do things that we think are in the best interest of the child, and they may not be. Anyway, when I come back, we're going to lighten the mood a little bit. I'm going to talk about frigidity and orgasm and what they said about it in the 50s. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. I want to say thank you to my tech producer, Mr. Luc Pigeon, <laughs> Francais, who has chosen the music for tonight and is doing a great job, I must say. He didn't choose this song. I did write a song for you. My voice is so horrible tonight, but I'm going to give it to you anyway because it's a sex show. And uh, I like to redo the words. And, and in line with all the chocolate I was eating and all the food and the sweets that were around in my office, I, I said to somebody, it's the most horrible time of the year. Anyway, so I, I had a few couple songs last week, and so this week one came to mind, which was uh, related to sex. It's not about me. Uh, it's about you. Uh, oh, I have some emails about that, too. I wanted to, uh, um, I'm not talking about you, you know. Uh, I'm talking about all of you, collectively. Anyway, <laughs> this song is, I'm sure, about somebody. <laughs> it's the most horrible time of the year. My desire is dropping, I've taken to shopping, got nothing to wear. It's the most horrible time of the year. Or is this you? It's the most horrible time of the year. I am thinking of cheating, it sounds so depleting, will anyone care? It's the most horrible time of the year. Anyway, Luke did not choose those two songs. Those are from me to you. Uh, you know, we think we're getting bad advice these days. Hopefully you don't think you're getting bad advice here on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. But in the 50s, women had it really tough. And uh, one of the mo more progressive contraceptive advocates had this to say about doing the wifely duty. He said, just as the vampire sucks the blood of its victims in their sleep while they are alive, so does the woman vampire suck the life and exhaust the vitality of her male partner. It is to be born in the mind that it is particularly older girls, girls between 30 and 50, who are apt to be unreasonable in their demands when they get married, but no age is exempt. Now, if you are one of those frigid or sexually anesthetic women, do not be in a hurry to tell your husband about this. To the man, it makes no difference in the pleasurableness of the act, whether you are frigid or not. This is not my wisdom. This is Dr. William 
Josephus Robinson, okay? A contraceptive advocate is giving this information. He says, to the man, it makes no difference in the pleasurableness of the act, whether you are frigid or not, unless he knows that you are frigid, and he won't know unless you tell him. (laughs) Anyway, so do not tell him. And he also went on to say that many women not only experience no pleasure, but actually suffer pain and revulsion during coitus, during intercourse. And, you know, well, a lot of women do suffer pain for a number of reasons, medical conditions, hormone uh, de- decrease in estrogen with menopause will suffer uh, women will then suffer pain with that. Vaginismus, which is a spasm, can act like a vacuum on the penis, which I know, guys, sounds great, but it's actually not that great. It's a terrible condition. Vestibulodynia, there's lots of um, pain conditions, vaginal pain conditions, pelvic pain that women suffer. So he was correct in that. And women, he said, also suffer revulsion. And they do. Um, there is a sexual aversion disorder, people who actually are revolted by sex. Um, but anyway, he also added that the fact assumes added significance from a sociological and religious aspect because of extra increasing extramarital promiscuity, which is very common. And then uh, their high divorce rate at the time, the divorce rate has only gotten higher. Um, you know, the jury was out in those days as to whether women experienced... Um, orgasm, especially the so-called frigid women. We don't usually use that term anymore. Um, so so it was very interesting, uh, the different thoughts about it. But, but I did think, you know, this does speak a little bit to um, what low sexual desire in women or and the woman's ability to enjoy sex. And we still have those issues that happen today. And also women who Uh, have the ability or capability to experience orgasm, and some women don't. And those are some of the patients that I see in my office, everything that I have mentioned. Uh, And they're they're very embarrassing situations uh, for people. But I did like that they mentioned at the time, because this is very commonplace, and I I would like men to think about this, that um, uh, some of these... Uh, sexual health issues that they mentioned there were due to unresolved conflict or um, also that men's anger was uh, or abuse uh, was a contributing factor to some of these issues. So uh, Dr. Frank Caprio, for example, was another advocate at the time and an author uh, he felt that husbands played a significant role in bringing their wives to orgasm, which is not necessarily true. Um, there may be a contributing factor there, but he also argued that domestic abuse or mistreatment was a factor in the problem of frigidity. Um, and most authors seem to place the burden of the vaginal orgasm at that time on the wife. Now, only 30% of women can orgasm with penetrative sex, so... but. It's it. They did note that the lack of experiencing vaginal orgasms was a problem that could be treated through counseling, sex coaching, sex coaching, or other forms of psychotherapy. But I don't necessarily agree with the psychotherapy unless there has been a past history of sexual abuse or sexual trauma, unwanted sexual advances, rape. But I do agree that if. Uh, men are mistreating women in a relationship or a woman is mistreating you in your relationship if you're in a same-sex relationship or if a man is, it's definitely going to contribute to your ability to experience orgasm and great orgasm by that means. Well, anyway, the sex is coming to a close soon, but I will be back because I do have a... um, 
couple of more, a uh, little bit more information for you tonight, and a little song and a prayer. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. I love that song by La Lorca. Anyway, uh, it's Maureen McGrath. I host this sex show, this little sex show that does. Uh, I love your emails, so you can email me anytime, sextalk at cknw.com. And uh, last week on the show, I did play a Carly Simon song. Uh, which which one was it? I can't remember now. <laughs> anyway, the one about Luke. Do you remember which one it was? <laughs> It wasn't You're So Vain. I can't get that one. It wasn't You're So Vain? No, no, it wasn't. It was, oh, Jazzman. Jazzman. Oh, that's Carol King. Oh, oh, sorry. Carly Simon. Car- Car- Carol King. Right, Carol yeah. King. Anyway, he said Carly Simon in here. But yeah, that's, I'm sorry. Anyway, a little tired. I was home at 3 or 3.30, up at 6. <laughs> um, anyway, this little this gentleman writes, uh, I'm so sad. I always think your show's about me. About me, about me. Carly Simon weeps. The creepy part of no testosterone. I must be the only person who can relate to so many topics on your show without getting any sex. The complications from not getting any sex shows up at such a young age that any guy who cares a bit too much about what a woman wants, sex, no sex, sex, no sex, has to be a bit more selfish simply as a form of self-preservation. You must find another to get treatment from or they'll end up dying younger than you need to. I wish you a merry, sexy Christmas and a very horny New Year. Shouldn't I be saying that? Anyway, no. The only song that comes to mind is You're So Vain. Can we play that one? No, no, no. You probably think this song is about you. You're so vain. No, this song is this uh, song show is not about you necessarily. It's really about based upon all the questions and emails and patients that I've seen over the last 12 years, quite honestly. Um, but a lot of people... Some of these things happen so commonly. Common things happen commonly. And I'll see a, a group or a, um, a rash of patients in my office that will have the same issue. And then all of a sudden something else is trending out there. And so hopefully I'm helping more than just you or just at least raising some awareness and, and letting you know that you can get some more information about this. And you can uh, go to speak to your doctor if you would like to. Maybe you just know a little bit more and you you don't feel, everyone wants to feel normal. I hear that quite a bit. Uh, I just want to feel normal. Have you ever seen this before? And, and I think I've seen it 40 times in the last, you know, I, I may see, see it very um, frequently. So t- low testosterone is a big problem for a lot of men. You need to have your testosterone levels drawn at age 40. A lot of men who have prostatectomy, their testosterone is um, lowered uh, at that uh, sometimes because of the treatment for prostate cancer, the medications, uh, the PD-5 inhibitors for ED, they require a testosterone-rich environment along with psychological arousal. So um, a lot of the female issues I cover as well. So, But I uh, do know that you've got a friend here on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, and you can email me or give me a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell anytime. So uh, anyway, when I come back, I will have that song and a prayer for you for this holiday season. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. (laughs) Welcome back to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. I'm Maureen. Hey, thanks, Ben. I hear you called back and wish me a Merry Christmas. Same to you. I have Lee on the line. Hello, Lee. Hi. How are you? 
I'm good. I wanted to say Merry Christmas. Oh, thank you so much, Lee. Yeah. That's so sweet of you. You're a yeah. regular listener, aren't you? Yeah, and I, I tried to get an email to you. Um, ha- I don't know if it went to the right address because I didn't hear back okay, from you, anyone. Okay, so. you know what? Email me at sextalkatcknw.com. I have been out of town as well. I'm a little bit behind on things. So, yes, okay. definitely do that. Well, I wish you a Merry Christmas. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Okay, bye. All right, bye now. Uh, so we're coming to the end of the show here, but uh, hopefully it's the beginning of a uh, lovely uh, and peaceful time for you over the next few days with if you're celebrating Hanukkah or Christmas. So I wish you all a time of peace and reflection. Uh, very happy Hanukkah and a Merry Christmas. If the holidays bring about the blues for one reason or another, loss, loneliness, breakup, realizing your partner has been naughty, not nice during the year by cheating or seeking relationships outside of your own, or if you have been suffering with a sexual dysfunction, it may not necessarily be the most wonderful time of the year, just a part of the year. I say be grateful, enjoy what you can, and leave the rest. In my mind, any day that you are looking down at the grass from above is a good day. This too shall pass. The pressure will be off. And for all of those of you who partied too much, gained weight, spent too much money, argued, separated, fooled around, not to worry. January blues are right around the corner when you will have to pay your piper. If you didn't, if you sailed through and didn't get caught up, you just may escape those January blues. Keep in mind, no one, and I mean no one's life is perfect. So here is my prayer for you. I don't think we're going to have time for my song, fortunately for you, but Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace. Until next week, you can follow me on Twitter at Back the Number 2, The Bedroom. Go to my website, www.backtothebedroom.ca. I'm Maureen McGrath. You've been listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show.